I wanted to open up today and, and, and be transparent with you and share with you that in the past year, there have been a lot of changes in my life. Perhaps one of the biggest changes is that I am now 30 plus 10, which is technically 40. <laughs> and friends, can I tell you that something I immediately noticed was that things were different. Let me give you some examples because I wish that I could tell you this morning that when I turned 40, I had reached the pinnacle of wisdom and enlightenment because I was officially adulting, but that wasn't it. And I wish that I can tell you when I turned 40 that I had finally gotten that pesky budget issue under control. But what can I say? I want what I want when I want it, so that wasn't it. <laughs> But something that had surely changed when I looked in the mirror was my figure. Y'all, when I turned to the side, there was this expansion thing that was happening here. And then when I turned this way, it was this multiple row thing happening here that wouldn't tighten up no matter what I did. I don't know if anybody can relate to me this morning. <laughs> But friends, I had to come to the understanding that my current eating habits were no longer compatible to my health and fitness goals. What am I talking about? I can't eat like my preteen daughter and still fit in my skinny jeans. No, Esther cannot eat whatever Esther wants to eat and still look the way Esther wants to look. No, something had to change, I had to detox. And I want you to stay with me because I am going somewhere with this. I had to make the decision to remove from my life those things, those foods, those unhealthy eating habits that were no longer conducive to the ultimate goal. So as we conclude our series today our so good series and if you haven't been here maybe you're new here today or maybe you just need a refresher the past several weeks we have been talking about those patterns and those healthy habits needed to nourish not only our bodies but our souls y'all we need to nourish our souls it matters so i want to take us to our main scripture that I really want to plant our roots in today. So in respect of God and his word, will you all please stand and read along whether you have a digital device or a Bible. It can be found on the screen right behind me. And it says, therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And listen, you once walked in these things when you were living in them, but now put away all the following, anger, wrath, 
malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. You can all be seated. Friends, so I want to dig into this scripture this morning because what we have here is a list that Paul has penned that will lead to the wrath of God in your life. And if you've read the Bible for any amount of time, then you know that this is but one of many lists found in the New Testament. And I really want to break this down to you on what is happening because Paul is addressing new believers, in particular, Gentile converts. So you may be saying to yourself, man, that's kind of harsh, right? Wrath of God talk to new believers. But I want you to understand that in the infancy of the church, it was important that new believers understood the sin problem. Sin is a problem. And I want you to understand that this conversation that Paul is having with them is eye-opening for these Gentile converts. It is eye-opening because what he's basically saying is the way that you have been living up to this point, you can't live that way anymore because God has expectations of you. And I believe that this same conversation can be just an eye as eye-opening to so many of us sitting in this room today. That when God says that I have expectations of your body, that this is now my temple. So you can't just go over there and sleep with that man or woman that's not your husband or your wife because I have expectations of you. And that mouth of yours, how you speak to people, choosing to speak death and not life. I have a problem with that because I am your creator. Or how you spend your money. Oh, yes, I have an opinion about that, too. Are you setting aside for the least of these? Or are you worshiping at the altar of Amazon? and giving every extra dollar you have to knickknacks and pettywhacks. <laughs> Friends, I'm talking to myself this morning. <laughs> but he has expectations of us family, and it is for our good. Friends, I want you to know, and I use a few of those examples, because as we go through this list, I want you to see that even if your sin or shortcoming is not on this list, the consequences are the same. This is the heart of our Soul Good series, that when we fail to live up to God's expectations, anytime we fail to do that, it is sin. And I want us to take sin seriously because sin is corrosive and it's corrupting to our spiritual health and our souls. I want our souls to be healthy in this place. 
So I really want to paint a picture. And please stay with me, but because there's hope on the horizon. When I saw the scripture, I was like, yikes. So please stay with me. But I think that it's so important that we understand this sin problem. Because the sin problem at its core and at its essence is what separated humanity from God himself. It is what required Christ to be crucified, buried, and resurrected to bridge the gap between the creator and his creation. This sin problem is at the heart of the gospel message because the wages of sin is death. So, friends, I, 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 I want to be real with you this morning. Can I be real with you this morning? Is that okay? Because can I tell you, if sin was just a matter of having a list of things that were wrong and then just deciding not to do those things, then that would be great. That would be easy, right? But how many of us know this morning that that's not how sin works? No, because sin is sticky right? Sin is enjoyable. Can I tell you this morning that I ain't got no business, and I know it, putting McDonald's french fries in my body because they ain't nothing but oil, salt, and saturated fat. But can I tell you, family, that it tastes good. (laughs) And that's how sin works. Can I tell you what I'm not seeing? I'm not seeing how it's wreaking havoc on my waistline. And I'm not seeing how it's lining my arteries with plaque leading to serious sickness and disease. Do you hear me this morning? This is what sin does. And we're not about to be tricked in this house. We need to understand and recognize this. So I want to take us to the book of James because I think it really paints the picture of this process with sin and how sin works because it's so easy for us to become lax with this thing. And it says, but each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to So, friends, what we have here is a pattern of sin that we have to learn how to master so it doesn't master us, right? So what this scripture is describing, it is basically describing this pattern of sin, right? And it is comparing it to the same process as childbirth. What am I saying? Sin, it starts with conception, but it grows into death. It starts with evil desires in our minds that are purpose in our hearts and then birth through our actions, And we have to learn how to recognize this family. And can I tell you, I want to be clear this morning, because it is not wrong to be tempted. We are all tempted. The sin occurs when we have purpose in our minds and in our hearts to carry out that action. That is sin. And can I tell you this morning, if left unchecked, sin can ruin our lives. 
I don't care how many Sundays you show up. This is a serious thing. Because I understand, please know that I understand, yes, it may be feeling good in the moment, but then comes the day after, right? Then comes the shame. Then comes the guilt. Then comes the condemnation and the anxiety and the depression. Friends, sin robs us of our peace and our joy and our fullness in God. So the question is, what can we do about this? Friends, we need a detox remedy. So how can we shift our palates and detox from that which hurts our soul to that which nourishes it. Well, I'm glad I got you thinking about that this morning because I want us to go back to this scripture. I want us to go back to this list, but I want us to go further because aren't you glad that he didn't just end with a list, y'all? There was so much more. I want to go down to verse 7. And he says here, and you once walked in these things when you were living in them. Friends, what Paul is saying is that, yes, I know that is who you used to be, but that is not who you are now. Somebody needs to be reminded of that this morning because you came in here and you're feeling broken and you need to know that that is not who you are now. And if we go later down in verse 9, we are given this detox remedy. It says, since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, you are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. Friends, in these simple words, we are given the detox remedy that it is a process of taking off the old and putting on the new. It is a choice. We have to choose to put on the new. It is a process of renewing our minds in God's word and learning how to walk in his ways and in what he tells us to do. Friends, <laughs> if you were sitting here this morning and you are thinking that sounds good but man that is hard can I tell you you're right <laughs> it is hard family because the truth is the reality of our human conditions it won't be until Christ returns y'all listen we are going to, to fill this war between our spirit and our flesh. What am I saying? I am saying you are going to want to want that thing. Friends, you are going to want to pick up the phone on that man or woman. You have no business answering the phone call for. You are going to want that thing. You are going to want to have this drink. You know you ain't got no business drinking. You are going to want to lash out and not turn the other cheek. So friends, if you have ever felt this spiritual tug of war, I want you to know this morning that you are not alone, that you are not by yourself. 
Because on the one hand, we feel God pulling us and, 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 and he's tugging us over here and he's calling us to deeper intimacy and richer relationships and all of the greater works that he has for our lives that we know he has put on our hearts. But then it's this spiritual tug of war over here and the enemy is tugging us and he is trying to entice us to cheap thrills, quick fixes, y'all, and shameful acts. And it is a war. Listen, I want to bring you comfort for those, which should be all of us that struggle with this this morning, that even the Apostle Paul expresses this tension in the book of Romans, chapter 7, verse 19. I want to share this with you because you are not alone. Even Paul, he says this, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Paul is frustrated. He wants to get this thing right. We want to get this thing right, but it is this war between our spirit and our flesh. To the point, y'all, where Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of sin? Paul felt this, y'all. But can I tell you, even though Paul recognized the reality of our human condition, he recognized an even greater truth. This is the truth that should liberate us all if we are struggling this morning, and it is found in verse 25. But he says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Can I tell you this morning that Jesus is our detox remedy This Jesus is the one who fights your battles. This Jesus is the one who gives you strength. This Jesus is the one who will make a way of escape when you are feeling the weight of temptation, y'all. But with any remedy, y'all, can I tell you this? It is powerless unless we take the prescription It's not enough to be in the same room with the pill, but we must ingest it. It's not enough to have the ointment on the counter, but we must apply it. It's not enough to know who Jesus is and walk up in here, but we must do what he says. Dog, this is serious stuff. This is an attack of the enemy that we are not going to fall for. So Matthew, I'm going to have you come up (laughs) as I prepare to close out, switch the mic, yes, I will, amen. Because I want us to get this. I want us to get this. Y'all, as I was preparing this message, and I'm like, man, can't just keep talking about sin. I got to get to the hope part. <laughs> Can I tell you that I really struggled? I struggled and I wrestled with this because I thought to myself, Lord, how can I help them capture the power 
the wholeness and the beauty of walking in right relationship with you. Because I know that it's worth it. I know that it's worth it. God, how can I help them to understand that no eye has seen and no ear has heard what God has prepared for those who love him and walk in his ways? I said, God, how can I articulate your goodness and the goodness available to those who forsake all else and choose to follow you? Well, they believe me. I know it's true. You see, friends, we cling so tightly to this thing that we perceive is this thing that we want. But friends, from the moment Eve coveted the forbidden fruit, y'all, to whatever it is that may have its grasp on you today, friends, can I tell you, if we would just let it go, I am telling you, I am not up here lying to you today. If you could just let it go, you would see all of the incredible things that God has for you. As I was going over this, I began to think of Jesus in the wilderness. And as he was being tempted and the devil came and offered him all the nations of the world, if he would but only bow down and worship him. And Jesus rejected this offer because he knew that this was just a counterfeit offer in comparison to all of the incredible things that God had already planned for him. Y'all, I want you to get this and receive this in your spirit when you're struggling, y'all. Jesus chose in that moment to do things God's way. And can I tell you what happens? When we do things God's way, we become vessels of honor fit for the master's use. We are not tossed to and fro by what the world has because we are anchored in him. We experience joy because our joy isn't conditioned on our external circumstances, but it is rooted in eternal substance. Our prayers become fervent and effectual we began to walk in the fullness of our purpose and our calling. Who wants that this morning? Sin prevents us from getting there, and the enemy knows this. He wants you stuck. Friends, can I tell you, when we follow God's way, we just respond differently, don't we? We don't respond like the world does. We show up different because we carry a divine confidence knowing that through the good and the bad that he has promised to work all things together for the good of those who love him. To the mother and father who's dealing with that prodigal son or daughter, listen, they don't stress out like the world does because they know that their prayers are heard, y'all, and that their baby is in God's hands to the brother or sister having trouble on that job, dealing with he said, she said, they said nonsense. 
They are empowered to walk in with their head held high, knowing who fights their battles and that what God has for them is for them. And can't nobody block that. To my single brother and sister, look, you ain't checking for nobody or giving into feelings of loneliness because you are so satisfied with your love relationship with God that everyone else pales in comparison. Sorry, guy, you pale in comparison. And to my brother or sister who received that negative report, you can't have that baby. Or the cancer is back. You don't lose hope like the world does. Because you trust God and you know that every test is an opportunity to be a testimony. And to my brother and sister who feels like they wake up and they are just going through the motions. They know God's plan for them is more than they can think, ask, or imagine. So they tap in. They keep tapping in. They press into his presence as they enjoy the journey to where God is taking them. And friends, as I close to that brother or sister who's sitting here this morning, who's dealing with that guilt and that shame and that condemnation, can I remind you that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus? You're like, Esther, you don't understand. This sin just has this grip on me. I feel like it's strangling me. Can I remind you of this truth of Jesus that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So be free, friends. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. We have to be watchful.